0: Welcome back, friends. Father Boniface Hicks is a Benedictine monk of St. Vincent Arch Abbey in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. He's the programming manager and on-air contributor for We Are One Body Catholic Radio. He's recorded thousands of radio programs on theology and the spiritual life and has extensive experience as a retreat master for the laity, consecrated religious, and priests. Father Hicks is co-author of the book Spiritual Direction and Personal Prayer and a brand new book that we're going to talk about today, through the Heart of St. Joseph. Father Bonavis, we want to welcome you to the program.
1: Thanks, Jim. So great to be with you.
2: So my first question is, how in the world do you have time to write a book with Amid All That You Do?
1: <laughs> well, that's a, that's a nice question. Uh, you know, I wrote it over the course of several years. I've, I've been growing in this relationship with St. Joseph over the past, 10 or 15 years, and about three or four years ago on retreat, I started uh, praying with some passages and then just periodically would write a section, add an idea, and and really everything came through prayer, I would say. I, I really tried to make sure that what I was saying, writing, reflecting on weren't just a number of ideas that I was putting together, but were really things that were kind of uh, tangible and, and uh, in, in fleshed in my my own relationship with Saint Joseph, so just uh, in, a little bit here and there over a couple of years, and I had the book about seventy five percent written when suddenly the year of Saint Joseph was thrust upon us by Pope Francis without warning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I thought, well, now is the time, I got to finish this book.
0: That's right.
1: And uh, Emmaus Road was kind enough to give me a deadline, and I was able to uh, had a little room over Christmas break, and and grateful to be able to share. Uh, my, my love for St. Joseph with, with everyone else.
2: That's beautiful. I think in God's great providence, you, this was just part of the plan.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how the devotion to St. Joseph has grown over the centuries, and then almost a, in, a, in a cascading, you know, it not only gets faster, but it gets faster, faster, you know, really mm-hmm. in an accelerated pace in the last decades how much uh, growth and devotion, love, knowledge, interest, uh, prayer there is about St. Joseph. And uh, Father Don Calloway's wonderful book on the consecration to St. Joseph, he did uh, so much research and really laid the groundwork. And I hope uh, my book is kind of like 2.0, just mm-hmm. helping people to take a, another step forward in their relationship with St. Joseph, how to connect with him in prayer, and uh, hopefully a little bit more contemplative reflection and insight.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, Father Boniface. You know, no words spoken in sacred scripture. 2,000 years, St. Joseph is one of the most prominent saints in our church, and uh, every, even even non-Catholics know who St. Joseph is, uh, Christians anyway. So wh- what is it about St. Joseph that for 2,000 years has just kept him at the fore? And we know his story, but tell us a bit about, about his, the person of St. Joseph maybe and, and how people can have a, a, a greater encounter with him.
1: Well, you're so right, Jim, that, that his, uh, he doesn't, he's not quoted as saying anything in sacred scripture. And uh, throughout the Christian tradition, that's been connected with a sense that he is silent. And now a number of the other apostles aren't quoted as saying anything either. Uh, we haven't drawn the same conclusion about them, but there seems to be a real insight into that. One of the ways that that kind of insight emerges through the sense of the faithful and uh, so we embrace St. Joseph's silence as a, a quality that's not a sign of his emptiness, but rather his interior fullness that doesn't get cheapened by words. He's a man of great depth and uh, carries that in his heart. And uh, in terms of why he's uh, remained at the forefront, uh, well, he's really grown in, in prominence, we could say. But of course, he can't be forgotten Even if you look at the amount of testimony to him in sacred scripture, it's actually quite significant. Uh, There are really the first two chapters of Matthew's gospel and the first two chapters of Luke's gospel feature him as a prominent figure. And then he has, so there are some references at other points in the scriptures that that, uh, point to him as well. And uh, so there's a bit of a portrait that emerges there. The scripture also uses very, very Pregnant words, we could say. They carry a lot of life and meaning. When Joseph is described as a just man, just, dikaios in Greek, but tzaddik in uh, Hebrew is really the highest acclamation that a, a Hebrew, that a, a Jewish person would, uh, would receive from, uh, the, in this case, from the Declaration of Sacred Scripture. He's a man who has really internalized what God has revealed. In, uh, in the Law of Moses. And so, uh, things like, words like that are very meaningful when we know the context and we know the background. But uh, why is he prominent? Well, he's the one, the man to whom God entrusted his only begotten Son. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we could say, uh, because God honors our humanity, he's not working around our humanity, uh, and, and even the humanity of his own Son, the incarnate Word, needs to be formed by a human father and a human mother. And so Joseph is given this impossible task. It's humanly impossible to be the one, the father, who can perfectly form the humanity of the Son of God. And so God gives him the grace that he needs to do that. And that's where we gain the insight of of the holiness of St. Joseph in order to carry out that absolutely unique vocation that God entrusted to him. So he is a uh, there's a great work of Josephology by Father uh, Francis Filos called The Man Who Is Closest to God. And that's really how we can describe St. Joseph. He was the man who was closest to God. He lived with him in close quarters for the longest period of time, lived with Jesus Christ. And so not surprising that he remains there, but then he, he really emerges uh, so brightly in our own time, which is just such a gift to us.
0: I remember hearing Father Groeschel of happy memory one time say, "What a humbling experience it was for Saint Joseph every morning going down to the breakfast table, and across the table from him was the Immaculate Conception and the Incarnation." <laughs> 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 but you use again, we're humbling talking, and go ahead,
1: and and a tremendous gift, yes. you know. That's and that's a that's part of the you know the reflection that I invite in in my own book is think about and enter into that experience we really come to know Jesus and Mary through the heart of St. Joseph. That's where I derive the title of the book from. And so, yeah, give yourself that experience. St. Joseph was a man like any other. He wasn't the Immaculate Conception. He wasn't the Incarnate Word. And we can identify with him in that sense and go down to the breakfast table mm-hmm. and sit with Jesus and Mary and allow ourselves to experience that through, through grace. Mm-hmm.
0: We're talking with Father Boniface Hicks, and his book is called Through the Heart of St. Joseph, published by Emmaus Road Publishing. And uh, Father, it will tell us a bit about the book itself and the resources you use and, and the reflections that you have. And I also see in here there's uh, something referred to as the Joseph option. I'm, I'm real curious about that as well.
1: <laughs> it's uh, nice to have a little thing to catch attention, just yeah. <laughs> like that. Uh, the, the basic structure of the book is is I want to invite people into a relationship with St. Joseph. How do we develop a relationship with St. Joseph? And I would say in three ways. One is to put ourselves in a position of needing him, and St. Joseph is a protector, and if we allow ourselves to become vulnerable, then we need a protector, so we can develop a relationship that way. If we allow ourselves to be little, we can come to know St. Joseph as a spiritual father, and so those pathways of vulnerability and littleness are pathways that we can choose to mature in our Christian life and develop a relationship with St. Joseph. We also come to know someone by becoming like them. St. Joseph lived a hidden life, and we also can draw close to that hidden treasure by ourselves becoming hidden. So I talk about that. And likewise, as you already mentioned, St. Joseph is known as a man of silence we can draw close to him by also learning to cultivate silence in our own lives. The third pathway is uh, not something that's chosen uh, so much, but we can come to know St. Joseph as a consoler of the afflicted. And insofar as we all experience afflictions sooner or later, as we take up our cross and follow Christ, we can come to know the consolation, the comfort of St. Joseph as a consoler of the afflicted. And then the last chapter having come to a relationship with St. Joseph, how do we share it? How do we create environments in which others can learn the virtues and develop a relationship uh, with St. Joseph? And that's what I called the Joseph option. I did that a little bit playfully, obviously referring to Roger Ayer's, uh the, the Benedict Option. Right. Mm-hmm. And my simple logic is this. I'm a Benedictine monk, <laughs> and I find in the rule of St. Benedict that he really cultivated the Joseph option. He created an environment in which his monks could live the life of St. Joseph, develop the virtues of St. Joseph, uh, and uh, really come to live with Jesus and Mary as Joseph did. So I see Nazareth as a kind of model of monasticism. So Rodriere pointed us to St. Benedict. I think St. Benedict points us back to St. Joseph.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and as as a husband and father— um, of course, we always encourage men to, to really use St. Joseph as a model for uh, those roles, especially. But why do you think the Holy Father this year declared a year of St. Joseph? Of course, he is the universal protector of the Church. But do you see, on a spiritual level, there's something very important happening or about to happen that we we need St. Joseph right now more than we did in the past? I,
1: I think it's a marvelous— uh declaration uh, you know uh, the the explanation the holy father gave was that it's it's 150 years since that declaration of him being patron of the of the universal church uh, i think we need his patronage we need his protection pope francis was also inaugurated on the feast of st joseph in 2013 and he focused his homily his inauguration homily on st joseph as protector and i think that dimension is really important there's a uh, there's so there's so much violence in, in I, and I mean that spiritually as well as uh, physically and socially and there's a, there's a lot in in the air now that makes it, uh, it makes us really cry out for a protector and then I think also that the, the damage the attack on the family and on fatherhood really summons us to rediscover what a, a father is what masculinity is what. A fatherly heart that's both strong and gentle, and we find all of that in St. Joseph, and we find a recovery. We've focused a lot of attention throughout the centuries on Jesus and Mary, understandably, but it's, Jesus and Mary aren't a family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are a family, and and I think the importance of rediscovering and, and uh, representing the beauty of the family, that mm-hmm. God has redeemed the world, through a family, I think that's also a really important uh, characteristic of our of our modern day.
2: Yes, uh, it's it speaks now of, of the great need where we need to get back to these basics. And I know uh, one of Jim's favorite titles of St. Joseph, if you pray, the litany to St. Joseph is Terror of Demons. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think we need that now more than ever, people need to realize. You know, we we need to be walking the way of the Lord and and get away from some of this, like you say, the violence, the the yeah, anger, yeah. the the secular society.
1: Yeah, it's a it's such an interesting title. Everybody's attracted. It's it's such a surprising title. I think <laughs> that's why we're we're kind of drawn to that. It's like oh, a terror of demons. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like a
2: pretty of mysterious strong. <laughs>
1: quality to that. Yeah, and uh, and then. That dimension of protection, again, and and also hiddenness. You know, Saint Joseph protects the Holy Family not by raising up an army and taking Herod on, but just by disappearing in a humility, obedience, and silence. Mm -hmm. And I think that those spiritual weapons that we're invited to in our faith—humility, obedience, and silence—are the powerful weapons of Saint Joseph, and it terrorizes the demons. They're about loudness, noise rebellion and pride mm-hmm. and st joseph really counteracts the demons in those areas
0: and of course one uh, other patrons of st joseph the patron of, of, of happy death and we always imagine when he was called home to the lord that he was right there in the arms of jesus and mary and don't we all want to be there on our deathbed Amen. at the same place right mm-hmm.
1: yeah we always pray to mary now To you know we ask her to pray for us now and at the hour of our death and uh And it's so beautiful to include her husband in that Uh and to have both of them there. And, and of course, Jesus, who they always have with them, uh, to have all of them there. What what a beautiful passage then that death doesn't become something quite so terrifying. But when we're in union with God, when we're living out his will, then we can make the same kind of surrender. There's a poignancy to death, and there must have been for St. Joseph. He knew that his bride and and his uh, human, you know, his divine son— had a lot of suffering ahead and i'm sure that he wanted to help them and protect them but he had to let go there's a poignancy there's a letting go but we can do that when we're in their presence and living out the will of god
0: yeah and you know one i heard you know, there are so many beautiful traditions that you hear about saint joseph because there are no spoken words but beautiful traditions but i remember hearing one time someone say that when uh, after our lord's crucifixion and he, he went to the place of the dead and there was St Joseph and the first words that Joseph spoke to Jesus was how is your mother <laughs> just a beautiful uh, reflection on, on how how much he loved our lady and of course loved the lord but mm. and how much he loved the family. No,
1: mm. oh, it's so beautiful. Well, I, uh, I saw an image once of the coronation of Mary and St Joseph holding the child Jesus in his arms, and Mary ascending into—being us, assumed into heaven, and Jesus crowning her as she's assumed Mm. into heaven. Mm.
2: Oh, how beautiful. That's
1: such a beautiful family image that way. Yeah, Yeah.
0: gorgeous. Well, friends, the book is called Through the Heart of St. Joseph. It's published by Emmaus Road Publishing. You can look it up on any bookseller, Through the Heart of St. Joseph. And we've been talking with the author, Father Bonavis Hicks, Father, it's been a joy uh, talking with you. We love your your enthusiasm about Saint Joseph, and uh, we thank you for writing the book.
1: Well, it's my pleasure to to share all of this with you and to share with our listeners. I, I hope that it's helpful for for everyone to come to know Saint Joseph as I, as I've
2: been blessed to do, especially this year. So, thank you very much, and uh, do keep us in mind when Book Three gets placed on your four. heart.
0: Four, be four, four. Sure. Oh, that's
2: right. <laughs> Okay. So we'll be ready for you. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Father. God bless you.
2: Bye now.
1: You too. Thanks so much.
0: And friends, you stay where you are. I'll be right back. Don't go away.